pimps in the crib, ma. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. And if a get an attitude, pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's Before we get into our song of the day, it is the final DFS MVP of the 2019 season. Of course, it's 2020. TJ, we got through it, man. We got, I don't know how long this show is going to be, but congratulations. First of all, you got through another season. Yeah, and uh, I, I love that you're playing some Snoop Dogg. Thank you very much. <laughs> this has been a great year, man. It has been profitable. And uh, again, you've just brought a ton of knowledge. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, it, it was a great year. It was a great year for the listeners as well. Uh, so, um, excited uh obviously to to get another year of the books obviously we're gonna miss football but we still got one more uh well there's two more slates if, if we're doing if you're doing super bowl showdown but we won't be around for uh for super bowl but last one for us uh we still got a championship slate on the docket uh drop it like it's hot is what brought us in snoop dogg and pharrell from snoop dogg's 2004 album rng as always, if you want to continue listening to that song, you can find it on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Just go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, or go to my Twitter at TJ Hernandez. I'm always tweeting out the link. And uh, before we get started, I'm going to apologize for the, the, the horse voice holding we just got back from vegas today oh. for uh fsga so it was nice to hang out with all the uh all the fantasy uh ladies and gentlemen but obviously a uh, a uh, lot of uh, extracurriculars so uh apologize for the voice well though and uh, i apologize for sounding like i'm sleeping <laughs> because i mean listen dude you know me i don't drink i don't do any of that stuff i was out late myself yeah. so yeah we had dinner and everybody went there a separate way and I hope you won. I broke even at the tables, by the way. But the, the poker gods were good to me. Uh, but really? it was nice. Yeah. yeah, but but it was nice to see all the uh, the fantasy people more than anything. Uh, you know, when when you get three hundred uh, fantasy minds that like to gamble in Vegas, things to go tend to go awry a little bit. And a lot of people like to lose too, and they don't <laughs> yeah. tell anybody that. But uh, nobody here on this show. I'm just no, saying. Luckily. Like I I always tell you when I lose, which absolutely unfortunately happens too much in life. Also, anyways. We got two games. Let's do this. It's the final slate with more than one game. I love this. I do like this slate still. It's the best sun. It's just a one day. Boom. Thursday for me on Thanksgiving. And then this is number two right here. Yep. Titans Chiefs. Niners seven and a half point favorites. The total here is sitting at 53. So it's moved around a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it um, has. It's, this is interesting. So we keep hearing, oh, George Kittle, he missed practice. Who cares Yeah. Uh, at this point? If they're missing a practice early in the week and it's still early, we're taping this late this week too on Thursday, don't worry about George Kittle. Yeah, don't I mean, uh, I don't think we have really um, – any uh, major injury concerns? Uh, Mostert was uh, cramping up from sickness last week, which is why uh, Tevin was getting all the work, but we'll get to that afterwards. So we're going to go through this slate um, a little bit differently uh, than we obviously way different than we do in the regular season um, and even a little bit more different than we did last week uh, just because, I mean, ownership is going to be so high on so many players. We know that pretty much anybody that gets any kind of viable snaps um, are in play so instead of going through specific matchups or whatnot what we're going to do is just go through uh, how you should be thinking uh, about building lineups for each of these games 
in i mean you really should just be playing tournaments there's no point to be playing uh cash games maybe some 50 50s but definitely not high volume or um a bunch of uh head-to-heads or anything like that so we'll talk about just building around a narrative because that's really what you should be thinking about when you're building on like a showdown or a two-game slate who do i think is going to win and how do i think that game's going to play out how will that situation uh relate to fantasy um and not so much worried about uh finding the best value because really i mean there's only a couple people that are obvious values and and you're really just trying to build around those game narratives so it's just wherever you want to start basically you look at your salaries you want to look at the quarterback position it doesn't matter where you want to start yeah so i mean let's just talk about let's just start with the um the titans and the uh and and the chiefs and let's talk about uh, i mean we could go through every single possible scenario but we'll talk about what i think the the most profitable narratives to build around will be or maybe the most likely outcomes uh, and I think the two narratives to build around um, are either a shootout or a Chiefs blowout. So let's start with um, a shootout. Obviously, this game is expected to be the higher scoring one um, with the 53-point overrunner, even though the spread is 7.5. I, the, the reason these are the two builds I want to build, build around is I just don't see a situation where the Titans are able to do the take Derrick Henry, keep the ball of uh, the Chiefs' hands, and the game's going to be low scoring. Um, if they're going to win, I think it's going to be because they're going to be ha- they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs uh, or get lucky enough to keep up with the Chiefs. Um, and and Derrick Henry will be involved, but I think the whole offense is going to be have to be involved for them to have a chance to win this game. So that means Tannehill uh, going back to his very high efficiency. Obviously, AJ Brown getting more than one target or three targets. Um, and it's not like Tannehill just like started playing bad all of a sudden. They just haven't even tried to pass or needed to try to pass uh, I, I do think they're going to in this game and and we know Tannehill can have success he was one of the most efficient passers of the year uh any way you look at it yards per attempt uh, adjusted yards fantasy points per attempt so we know he can do it uh so kind of piggybacking off that idea that I I don't think that uh this is a game where I'm just going to try to play Henry by himself it is worth noting that if we look at the lineup generator on 4 for 4 um, and use the entire player pool, look at every lineup you could generate, uh, the top 50, Derrick Henry only shows up in one of the top 50 lineups in the FanDuel generator, only eight of the top 50 lineups in the DraftKings generator. Now, again, we're not just clicking optimize and, and building a, a, a valuable lineup for these slates. It's just worth noting that I think the way these games are, are probably going to play out and Derrick Henry is so expensive relative to most of the field that it you're probably going to be able to get uh, replaceable points or higher value points by paying up at other positions this week so again everybody's in play but that's gonna yep. be the big des- decision on that side sure it's like do I go with Henry or do I not and, and yep. I get it you know if he is the highest scoring player on the slate and it ends up still he ends up still not hitting value like how do you handle that because at this point doesn't he have he has to reach 30 points right to hit any right. type of value if he ends up at 27 but the next highest guy has 21 let's just say in a you know at running back he has seven point you got to figure out whether or not the value is going to be there for derrick henry you're going to have some but how much are you going to have 
Sure, sure. I mean, you're definitely gonna have some, but uh, I, I think that I, I don't think the takeaway is necessarily that we're going to. Um, I, I mean, you're not gonna have a full fade of of Derrick Henry. I just the the a more profitable build from a, a likely game flow perspective. I think is if you are going to play Henry and and you are uh, bullish on the the Titans or think that they can keep it a game, don't just play Henry. Play Tannehill and play AJ Brown with them. I do want to throw out Adam Humphreys actually returned mm. to practice, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you say that Tajay Sharp is a dart throw. I mean, if yep. Humphreys plays, does that completely take Sharp off the map? Um, is Humphreys the dart throw? I mean, that's the other decision I could see making from the Titans side. Yeah, and um, and I, let me see. How, I don't know Humphreys' price off the top of my head. Um, I'll look it up real quick. But the, the point um, uh, in looking at that passing game is that I think if there is leverage to be had, obviously you're going to get like you're going to get low ownership on Tajay Corey Davis or Adam Humphreys. Uh, Three thousand. Yes, and then we got Tajay right at thirty-one on on DK. So. As it stands right now, we have Tajay as the top value on DraftKings below $4,000. Um, I think either of those guys are worth dart throws just because uh, the the Chiefs are a little bit susceptible in that slot with uh, Kendall Fuller there, uh, not so much with Corey Davis. So it is either Tajay or Humphreys as the dart throw there. But my point is you don't need to be um, – you, you don't need to necessarily uh, – have that like one percent owned guy um but they they will be those options but i think the bigger takeaway here is that again if we do have a leverage play on this slate i mean it's kind of hard to have like much leverage when everybody's going to be in play i think it's going to be Tanhill. i mean if we just look on on uh, a four game i'm sorry on a two game slate i could see mahomes approaching if not exceeding 50 percent ownership and then i the way it probably p plays out, Tannehill and Garoppolo are uh, probably pretty close to each, each other in ownership. I'm, I'm not sure who will be more popular here. I've, I've heard um, a little bit of chat on, on both sides, so it's hard to tell who's going to be the quarterback too. But I think the more important thing is both Tannehill and Garoppolo will probably outpace Rodgers in terms of ownership. But um, I don't think that necessarily means just because Rodgers is going to be the lowest owned quarterback that he's necessarily the best play because of his ownership. Uh, I think Tannehill is because you are still getting him at probably less than uh, half of, of uh, Mahomes' ownership. All right, now you look at the Chiefs side, right? You want to yep. go into that as it would be a blowout. So here's my question for yeah. you. Okay. And last week, Tyreek, if he wasn't the highest on, he was the second highest on. Mm -hmm. The chalk went off last week, which is why I actually had a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it all went off. I had the right chalk, at least. But uh, Tyreek, so listen, he's got to be in there for upside. There's no doubt. If you are playing cash this week, I don't know. I wouldn't have any Tyreek personally. He's averaging 9.9 .9 DK points over his last three. But here's the thing. He's only had 14 targets over the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, That's, I mean, it's tough for me to get overweight on a guy or even at the field for a guy that just hasn't done it right now. But that 30-point game could be lurking at any time with him. For sure. Um, I, there's, there's a couple ways to think <clears throat> about that specifically as it pertains to the Chiefs. Um, if you're building around a Chiefs blowout, and I think that even if you do want to completely team stack here, um, I, I, I don't necessarily think it's a spot where we're going to go with um, 
with four Chiefs, and I mean trying to jam in their big four, uh, Mahomes, Damian Williams, uh, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. You can make it work, um, but I think probably the the more uh, profitable thing to do if you are going to build around the narrative of a Chiefs lineup is Kelsey, Damian Williams, and Mahomes. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Mahomes and Damian Williams, and then either Kelsey or... Or Hill, not Kelsey and Hill together. Um, and I do agree with you on that. That I'm I'm still higher on Kelsey. So if I was breaking down how I was building my lineups, if I was building a hundred of them, it might be 25 or 30 Kelsey lineups, maybe 15 Tyreek lineups. No Sammy Watkins shares this week after uh, if, his blow up uh, game last week of two catches, 76 yards, and a 14 yard rush. Yeah, if if I'm going to look for the the dart throw in a as a standalone play from this game, <clears throat> or as a uh, team stack in a potential blowout, it's actually Miko Hardman. Uh, he's our top wide receiver, value below five thousand dollars on FanDuel, second best below uh, four thousand dollars on DraftKings, and on these slates. I think we mentioned it last week, you're not going to, to find the cheap guy that's getting as many snaps as you like, as many targets as you like. But Miko Hardman is the one of the players, as opposed to Watkins, even though Watkins does get a little bit more work, he's going to be more likely to take it to the house for 80 yards or whatnot. And then an added bonus with Hardman is you could possibly get the double dip. So if you play Hardman uh, with the Chiefs defense and he takes one to the house on a kick return, that's double points, but if you if you're specifically targeting that play, uh, I'm going to be even more likely to just maybe have like two other Chiefs, maybe just like Mahomes and Damian Williams, if I'm playing Miko Hardman and the defense. Because if you're forcing that defense Miko Hardman stack, it's for the double dip, and if he does take a kick to the house, that just makes it that much uh, less likely that. Th that many more players on the Chiefs can go off, if that makes sense. I mean, I always think, oh, look, I'm so smart. I'm going to tell TJ about this little Hardman thing that I got going with the Chiefs, and there you go. Steal so was that it with their defense? And then they, well, the uh, here's the <laughs> other thing about that though, is Tyreek re returned a couple of punts. He fumbled one, mm -hmm. if you'll remember, and he lost it. I wonder, yep. and this doesn't have anything to do with Hardman. I just wonder if Tyreek's going to get that opportunity again. And I hope that he does, and then maybe he takes advantage of it, and you can go with the Chiefs there. But yeah, for sure, you can. I mean, you could still play Chiefs defense with. Obviously, you don't have to uh, force the Hardman uh, defense stack in every Chiefs lineup that you build. But it's it's just kind of more of a a tiebreaker if you're trying to figure out which of the ancillary pieces you want for a dart throw. All right. Anything else from that game before we move along? Um, I mean, we were talking about, uh, you kind of mentioned, even if Henry does go off for like 30, but he still kind of doesn't meet value. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if we look at the $500,000 um, prize pool game on DraftKings that I played last week, uh, the top four lineups didn't have Derrick Henry, even though he had his big game. So obviously take that with a grain of salt, but you can, you can uh, not get his... 28 points or whatever at that price point and still have a really big day if not win the entire tournament i am playing um eight lineups on DraftKings and two lineups on fanduel that's it this week yeah i want well, there's i want some, there's some good single entry tournaments that's that's basically what it is yep. and i'll probably throw like the 25 dollar into the millionaire one 
I'll figure out which one that is. But yeah, you know, before we get into the other game, what's your strategy this week as far as that goes? Because I'm gonna hand build eight lineups. They're gonna I'm gonna use two lineups for each quarterback. And then on FanDuel, I'll just I don't I don't even know what the hell my plan is right now. I'll figure that Saturday morning. But what's your plan going into this? How much do you cut back on bankroll? How much do you cut back on lineups? Yeah, I I, I mean I um so I generally trend towards the the higher stakes um, lower size field tournaments anyway, and if they're if they're single entry that uh that makes it that much better um if you could find a smaller tournament that single entry you're gonna be a little less susceptible to uh those super outlier um <clears throat> events where you even if somebody does have the the one random player that that goes off uh you might not have the perfect lineup around him where if as if you're playing against fifty thousand people you might but to to answer your your question about bankroll and and uh game selection it's just a higher variance slate so i'm gonna naturally cut down my bankroll overall and then even more so because i'm playing so many tournaments like i'm i'm not playing cash so i'll probably i cut my uh my buy-ins and sometimes over half depending on how comfortable i'm with uh in on the slate and just to kind of hedge a little bit just throwing those tournament lineups uh, into some 50-50s just to give myself a little bit of a cushion but not playing the 50-50s for like optimal cash game value if that makes sense. That does make sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, so we got the Packers at the Niners. We don't have a lot of injury news here. Significant right now, TJ. So Alan Lazard expected to play despite the ankle injury. Kittle missed practice. He's going to be just fine. He's going to play. So what we have is Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams and a bunch of other guys. Yep. And from that Packers offense, if they're going to win, they're going to have to run the ball a ton. And yep. if you think the Packers are going to win, you go with? Uh, I mean, I think if the, if, if the Packers are going to win, you're, it's probably not going to be in a blowout. If they win, it'll probably be like a, a medium-ish to, to slightly high-scoring close game. Uh, just because I don't, I, I just don't imagine a scenario where their, their defense comes in and and just plays great. Um, their defense has a lot of holes in it, and obviously the 49ers defense is is great. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to need to have a very good game, and a player as good as Aaron Rodgers is capable of hand, having a good game against any defense. Uh, so if they do win i'm i'm pretty much just sticking to uh to the big three um and i'm going to be building my lineups that way you mentioned alan lazard i mean i he if if there's like a, a dart throw he's he's kind of clearly been the wide receiver too when he's on the field but that doesn't really mean much in this offense right now i mean maybe the biggest takeaway from this offense down the stretch right now is that even after Jamal Williams came back from this injury, um, Aaron Jones maintained his touch share. That's not something we saw in the first half of the season. So that's a that's a very big positive. Um, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be the the lowest owned <clears throat> own quarterback. Excuse me. So if I if I do make a lineup with the the uh, Packers big three, it'll still probably only be about twenty percent of my builds at the most. Uh, mm -hmm. I think Aaron Rodgers might be and might be in 15% of lineups, but I I, th I think that's his ceiling um, projection. Uh, this isn't a 
a a game where um, I'm going to play Green Bay and not run it back with some 49ers um, like I would do with the Chiefs because I do think the Chiefs are capable of keeping uh, just keeping the whole Tennessee uh, offense down, especially if they get up really big. And like I said, I, I just don't see a scenario where uh, Green Bay's defense plays that good. And again, this just there just aren't any of like secondary pieces that I'm going to be crazy heavy on. Um, Lazard, MVS, Allison. You can throw a dart at them if you don't want to play uh, Devonte Adams with Aaron Rodgers in 100% of your Aaron Rodgers lineups. But I mean, it would maybe be like if if I built 20 Aaron Rodgers lineups, I'd probably say Devonte in 17 of them, and then one Lazard. Um, one Jimmy Graham, if you want, even though I hate that play because I, I just think Jaquiski's tart shuts him down completely. Oh, then you're all over Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> That's sure, the guy yeah, that you yeah. want. Or Tanyan. You probably right. want Tanyan. The, I mean, I so you. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but with I, I think my preferred build is just two tight ends where you because with Kittle and Kelsey uh, on this slate, I think you can try you. You go either or with most of your lineups, or you play both of them. Um, so, with that idea, like I just don't think there's a point to. I, there are slates where you, I mean, you say it half tongue in cheek, but where going to that second tight end um, is a viable option. But just I don't think this is a slate to do it with two of the top three, if not the top two tight ends in the league on the slate. I mean, how many lineups are going to have both Kelsey and Kittle in them? And I think the answer is a ton of them. I mean, that's a lot of them. I think um, it's probably my preferred build um, uh, just in any format. Um, they It helps salary work a little bit. Uh, you're, you don't have to try to force by doing the two tight end thing, you don't try to have to force a, a third running back, which on this slate could get a little bit expensive. Obviously, we have um, three really obvious plays in in Derrick Henry, um, Aaron Jones, and <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry. <clears throat> sorry. Um, who am I forgetting? Um, Where Derrick are you Hen going? The, the top three running backs on the slate are... Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Henry, Aaron Jones, and, Dam and Damian Williams. Um, and then the other decision point is what San Francisco running back are you going to play? Um, obviously, Tevin Coleman had the big week last week, uh, but that's going to make me give the nod to Mostert uh, just because they're probably going to be pretty evenly shared in, in terms of ownership. Um, but I want to be overweight on the guy that's coming back, not the guy that just had the big week. Well, Mostert kind of got tweaked last week, too. Right. I mean, exactly. when he went down, he still got a dozen carries. Yep. Uh, but he did go down with an injury. And I do wonder when he comes back and, you know, this week and they just run the ball a ton if he still gets his 12 carries. You know, his 12, 14 touches. Right. And now it throws a little wrench into it, right? Yep. Because Tevin Coleman had been completely unsuccessful. This He had, what, one game when he came back? Uh, when he made his debut after the injury, and then outside of that, he was garbage, and it was Mostert. So now you kind of got to split up your shares a little bit. Instead of just having all Mostert, I think you got to have a little bit of Tevin Coleman. You, you do have to split up your shares, and I actually like splitting up my shares a lot, um, specifically splitting up my shares with Damian Williams and in my two tight end builds 
what that lineup is going to do is it's going to fade Aaron Jones and it's going to fade Derrick Henry. And even though they both have tough matchups, I do believe that, I mean, obviously they're the two best running backs from a, a raw fantasy projection um, on the slate, or at least from a touch um touch projection but i don't think a lot of people are going to be comfortable fading jones and henry in a vast majority of their lineups and by balancing your shares between mostert um, or coleman with damian williams it gives you the ability to not have derrick henry or aaron jones in a lot of your lineups they're still going to use them but if you only have both of those guys combined and 30 percent total of your lineups i think it's going to give you a little bit of a contrarian portfolio Hmm, very interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. The passing game, I think, since we're talking about all four quarterbacks, so Garoppolo is going to have to be in play once again. Um, he just hasn't done anything yep. but his last five stars. He hasn't had to do very much. And where Ryan Tannehill's attempts are insanely low, where he's getting, what, like 11 or 13, Garoppolo has been flirting with 20, you know, his last couple of starts, and... That's the only thing you get concerned about there. If, if if Green Bay can't get their passing game going, then what's Garoppolo gonna do? Yep. Um, so the 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 answer to that is if I am building around a narrative where I want to use Garoppolo, I think the most likely scenario that Garoppolo is a good play is if San Francisco wins in a bit of a blowout, but not a super high-scoring game, so like a, a 27 to 10 or something like that, because what we saw, we saw it last week, once they got a big lead and they could do the same thing, it gets his Packers run defense, it's very susceptible. They're, I mean, they're not scared just to pound the rock with the lead, and um, it's and they could do it well, which, which is... Uh, why it's not as as bad as some other teams doing it. So we've seen that. Like you said, he probably has limited upside. Him being Jimmy Garoppolo, but when I do play him, I'm I'm gonna build the lineup as if the Niners are gonna win in a relatively low scoring blowout. So I'm pro I'm not going to team stack or game stack again like I would the Chiefs or the Titans. So probably a max of uh, of three total 49ers, not including the defense. Um, and a lot of those are going to be uh, with Kittle, obviously. And then you uh, can can switch back and forth between your most certain most Coleman shares <clears throat> and then a, a percentage of non-Kittle lineups being either Debo Samuel uh, or Emmanuel Sanders. But I actually think that the Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders uh, – I think their value comes the most, not in using them in game or team stacks for this game, but for making your game or team stacks work for the Titans-Chiefs game because there hmm. are a lot of expensive players in uh, that game that you're going to want to get to. And to do that, uh, both Debo and Emmanuel Sanders really make that work. So there you go. Um, pass catch is what I want to get to also. Kendrick Bourne was a guy I was on last week mm -hmm. as more of a dart throw because for three straight games, Jimmy Garoppolo had targeted him in the end zone yep. and uh, just waiting for another one of those games, and it happened yep. last week. I'm not going to go back to the well. Well, you know what? I'll probably go back to the well with like 5% exposure. Sure. Maybe a lineup will have Kendrick Bourne in there. But talk about the rest of the guys. I mean, you, you mentioned Sanders and Samuel. Um, Bourne is in the mix. Richie James is basically nothing, but... Uh, we saw Sanders 
blow-up game yep. five weeks ago, and he's just gone back to doing nothing. He's had two games. He had a 27-point game and a 37-point game. And since then, you know, outside of those two games, those are complete outliers. So can you – what are you doing there? Is it, Debo Samuel, for me, is by far and away the clear number one uh, in, the, in the passing game besides for George Kittle. So how do you rank that, that wide receiver core? Um they're they're pretty close uh, in terms of raw projections and in terms of um, probable ownership. I mean, there's only one, two, th- there's only five, maybe six wide receivers on this entire slate that see any kind of reliable volume. So I wouldn't be surprised to see both Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel um, in close to 50% of lineups. Uh, just because there, there just aren't that many options. So it's going to be really hard to be heavily overweight on them. Uh, most likely what's going to happen just from a, a lineup building perspective is Emmanuel Sanders is slightly cheaper, and he makes those Titans and Chiefs stacks work a little bit easier. So I'll probably just naturally end up with more Emmanuel Sanders, and that's not has nothing to do with a uh, a matchup or a uh, a projection it's just a, a a slight pricing difference that will make that happen for me most likely we don't need to bother talking about george kittle i mean yeah he's he's going to be i mean you're you're going to have you should have kittle and kelsey um in some fashion in probably 90 percent of your lineups this week Ninety. Whether whether yeah whether you're flip flopping them or playing them together, uh, ninety out of your hundred lineups should probably have Kittle, Kelsey, or both. Anything else you want to talk about before we end the season here? Uh, I mean, I just again just remembering to build around a narrative. Um, if I am building lineups where I'm not going crazy heavy on um, on any single game or any single team. I do think those lineups make more sense to use either Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo um, mm-hmm. because if if a winning lineup is from a lineup that didn't game stack, that means the fantasy points were spread relatively evenly, like no one team went off, so it just doesn't make sense to pay up for Mahomes if that's the scenario that's going to happen. And again, if... if um, if those fantasy points are spread out kind of evenly, it probably along across all positions and in, in both games, it probably means that the Packers um, and 49ers was a little bit more high scoring than expected, but also close. And I think that's very unlikely to um, to happen with with uh, the other games. So th- it just makes sense if you're not going to do a game stack to use one of these two quarterbacks. Uh, if we're talking about which defenses. Obviously, you're going to have a lot of shares of the Chiefs and a lot of shares of the 49ers. If you want to be uh, overweight or or a little more contrarian, I think it makes more sense to punt with Tennessee than to punt with Green Bay just because San Francisco, like like you talked about, they, they're going to throw so little and be so risk-averse that they're just not going to offer a lot of upside to opposing defenses, their style of play, where obviously... Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a turnover-prone quarterback, but they're just naturally going to be a team that throws way more. So Tennessee is just going to have more opportunities for hopefully like a a strip sack, fumble, touchdown type thing. Uh, Derrick Henry went for 188 yards and two touchdowns the first meeting against the Chiefs. Over, under 188 yards. Under. Over, (laughs) under two touchdowns. Under. You don't like him this week. 
He's going uh, for 37 yards and zero touchdowns. Why? I'll say my hot take of the week is um, Derrick Henry finishes as the RB4 in fantasy. Play. Ooh. We'll end the season on that. And that's just shooting stuff at your ass, TJ. <laughs> and I'll end my season on that note. Come on now. 150-something yards since he got on track, and he's just mowing people down. That's the most intriguing thing to me this week. So, yes, you make great points on Derrick Henry. I will still probably have 40%. I'll be 40% exposed to to Derrick Henry. I think that's a decent number. I'll I'll probably be around 30. All right. All right. We'll see what happens. So I want to thank everybody just for listening. It was kind of cool having guys at the convention come up and say they listen to the show too and they like it. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, the the podcast was uh, from from what I saw from the feedback, listeners um, did very well. I I coincidentally sat next to a four for four sub at the poker table last night that really? listens to uh, that was not at the convention, just randomly at the at the casino. So I got some face to face positive feedback from a listener. So that was awesome. Uh, so I I appreciate everybody that's listened. Um, keeps growing every year. Uh, the DFS MVP brand and the four for four brand is keeps getting stronger, and uh, I I couldn't be more thankful. Um, if it wasn't for you guys that listen, um, I wouldn't have a job. And Holden, if it wasn't for you hosting, I would have a lot more work to do. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> thank you, everybody. Uh, I hope you guys have a profitable championship, a profitable Super Bowl. Um, if you still haven't signed up for 4 for 4 and uh, you don't want to wait, when, once once Super Bowl hits, we the, the website flips to um, the, the new offseason and all – coupon codes will die so you could Ooh. still save 25 percent on your next year sub but if you wait until after super bowl you're gonna have to pay full price dfs mvp will get you 25 percent off uh if you like us rate and review itunes leave five star review really appreciate that helps grow uh holden any uh any last words before we don't talk until july no no right. tj nope. <laughs> we'll uh <laughs> if, if if we get too uh, if if we miss each other too much, maybe we'll throw in a best ball pot or two. We'll definitely have a lot of best ball content coming up. Uh, season's never really over anymore with fantasy, so um, probably a month after Super Bowl, start keeping an eye out for uh, for us hitting the ground running with best ball content. Let's go A's. Let's go A's baseball. Right? Um, yeah, yeah, baseball's right around the corner. Uh, so again, thanks everyone for a great season. Uh, if you if you miss our voices, want to hear more of us in the off season, Holden's at Holden Radio on Twitter. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Of course, check out four for four at four for four football. We'll talk to you guys next season. Like it's hot. And if it get an attitude, pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot.